What's up, everybody, and welcome back to CT Time. Yeah. <laughs> so today, we're, the topic is actually, am I the bad guy? And there are many reasons why this episode became a concept. And we say due to the rise of trolls and edgelords over the age of information, um, we can say that because of Christians are claiming that we are in the last of days or that right now could, could, be considered, could be considered the vice versa. Like, are these the best of times or are they the worst of times? I don't know. Don't decide that right now it's the worst of times when I'm here. I think it's the best. I'm here for a long time and a good time, okay? <laughs> but nonetheless, the topic is still an interesting one. As of nowadays, people are getting more confused on who the actual bad guy of the situation is. And hopefully, even though the line gets blurry in most situations, you can learn to debunk the actual right from wrong instead of just justifying things. So that brings us back to the topic. Am I the bad guy? What makes one the villain of the story? And today with us, we have the beautiful, I'll let you introduce yourself. <laughs> I appreciate it, thank you. My, My name, name is Shantung Jones, Jones, and I'm the author of Goddess of War. So is that like an anime or a book? So is that like an anime or a book? Goddesses of War? It's a book, it's a novel, it's a sci-fi fantasy. Um, if you want me to go into a little bit, I'll try. I never worked on my head. Huh? Yes, please. Okay, okay so, so I really want to world like African-American females who are like, a world where you're like, like superpowered, right? right? It's, it's not, not just African-American females, but because it's it therapeutic for me because I found a daughter of a statistic that kind of made me an African female. And all the other characters were, like these females, they're very, Complicated and how, how they, they, you know, you how, know they how they are their personality. personality. They're, they're all like superheroes in, in a sense, sense superpowers. Because, because they use the science, science fiction uh, element of it, it, it gives, gives them the powers, um, you, know, you know, to be able to, able to like, like uh, uh, try to, to navigate the world as they, the new the world that they're a part of. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much into action adventure. So, but yeah, that's awesome. How long have you been writing in sci fi? Girl, Girl. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, I when, when I was, I, was uh, I think when I was in the military, military I, started I started doing, doing these online duels at Neo Seeker, and um, we, we, we like, like, there's there's money money involved, but I, I started, I started poetry, poetry, and that's why I started poetry, book, but I started, started like, like creating characters. I was, I was really, really into like, like Dragon Ball Z, into the King Ball and TV, and I started getting more and I don't know, I how would you say? Gateway anime. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is gateway anime. <laughs> so I was really into it, and um, I don't know. I found myself like just kind of fat, like daydreaming about being my own superhero in my own world. And as I started, like uh, when I was overseas, and I spent a lot of time to myself, I started doing these duels against other um, guys. You just grew, and you kind of wrote these creative battles against other people. And because I had all this imagery of like fights with Goku and like different anime I'd seen, I would like create the most crazy scenes in my head. 
And it was just like, I, I was, but I was there awesome. for you know, For your line of work, you definitely <laughs> need an in-depth imagination. And people are yeah. always acknowledging the fact that we're in 2022. So just imagine how many people have written novels already. We are here for your original plot and your deep mind and imagination in that field. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But I want to get right into it. Um, so, novel or film or... <laughs> According to Google Webster, a villain or a character, a villain is a character whose evil actions or motives are important to the plot. If they are written for a play, novel, or film, or a or just they're just a deliberate scandal or criminal, there's also a definition saying that one is blamed for a particular evil or difficulty. So in short, the villain can be considered a fall guy, per se, or somebody that just gets the short end of a stick. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. So today, everybody, we have a short list of villains who we are going to debunk and pick apart to just figure out, most of all, why. Why they are a villain. And like we were saying, am I the bad guy? Being the title, are they even bad guys? And as you guys know, because his big butt has been walking across the screen. My butt ain't that big. Please welcome Mr. McCall. He is on here hey, to get my facts straight. Yeah, I'm, I'm just here for the facts. I'm just here to just, you know, let, let everybody know like what they did, their life stories, such and such and such. We do have five villains that we're going to talk about. But first, um, since we have a publishing author, Miss Shantong, she's going to actually tell us about one of her villains and what makes her villain a particular villain of her story. Awesome, thank you so much. Um, I'm a little weird in the aspect that I enjoy good villain. Um, because I like video games, I I found that one of my favorite games was Spider-Man because of villain. So in my book, I found that my I'm in the process of creating more villains, but it, it's always going to change. So currently in the first book, the main antagonist is, or villain, is they're called the Watchers. So they're this group of type of alien entity that lives within the, the black hole of space, right? Because my world, everything in my uh, book takes place on Titan of Saturn. So there's this alien entity that kind of watch over, watches over the human race in a sense in which they fear their ability to be violent in a sense, but they feel like they're kind of micromanaging keep them from ever reaching a certain level. So the Watchers kind of have a more, we're trying to think of the best analogy for them in terms of other characters. They don't necessarily get their hands dirty, but they hire others to do so. So they're like the mastermind, but they never use their hands. Um, I like that. They create. Huh? I, I like that you said they don't get their hands dirty, but they get other people to get their hands dirty for them. Just, they do. They do. And, right. And that's what I, I realized with that. So it was, I call them the Watchers, and the people that they use under them are called the Killian. So the Killian are like a group that they kind of are, in a sense, sad. They kind of maneuver out within the world of Titan to. Um, do their, and I wouldn't say do their bidding in a sense, but they're they're meant to, if certain powers, like the, the gods who are like goddesses, who gain a certain level of power, 
and they become a little too strong or the aching, which is like, the, you know, a child can be uber melanated, but their ability to absorb energy within their skin needs to be powerful. I use the analogy like uh, on a hot day. Um, if you use a white umbrella, it reflects back a lot. If you use a black one, it absorbs the energy. And that's what I thought about with dark skin, the ability to like absorb the skin, absorb the energy within it makes them almost in a sense like this the source, renewable source or battery um, that just kind of infuses themselves with this power. So their concern is that they have this ability to manipulate um, energy itself, right? And use these superpowers to make uh, like huge storms or use lightning elements. They use water, may create cyclones. So they try to take out strategically certain elements or people who show adept abilities of being too powerful or getting to that part. In their way, they believe they're micromanaging, like I said, uh, humans, you know, or in a sense, keeping humans from ever reaching a standard in which they, they, they continue to war amongst themselves. They never realize their true potential because they're too busy worried about the little things, right? So they keep them in this cycle of strife, the cycle of worrying about little stuff and then these little these wars that they create amongst themselves. So um, who they, is above who? The people who are melanated and can absorb um, energy with their skin or the other yeah. people? Those people are above and, the other people? So the people who absorb the energy within their skin, they're called the ache, right? So essentially they're black. So yeah. <laughs> they're different. So they're in a different world. So because everything starts over, they kind of rename themselves and they call them like the Aiken, Aiken tribe or um, dark warriors, right? So because they're all fighters, right? Not everybody's a fighter and not everybody's as well adept at using this energy source, but the Aiken are um, the people who kind of have been considered Africans from Earth, right? And they, as they travel, they relabel the Aiken, right? Aiken, a kin tribe, like, you know, like kin, your kin, but, um, so they're the ones that are powerful, but they don't realize their true potential and their power because they're in, in a, in a way, it's kind of like society now. They don't realize their true power and potential because they're, they're kind of like feared in a way, but because there's so much hate against them, they never really, they're afraid to uprise and fight against, you know, powers that kind of have them in a chokehold in a way. So they believe themselves less, but they don't realize the true power that they have. And they're slowly getting to that ability, that concept, but they still struggle because within themselves, they have to come out of it. And so, but they have, they have the ability to become, um, the women are the ones who become the goddesses of war and it's a trilogy. So in the next book, Kings of War, I'm working in function. I'm working oh, don't, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Nope. Did you already read the book? No, don't spoil it. Shush, shush. Mm. Did you already read the book? I'm, tr I'm trying to read it. I'm trying You're to read it. Look, I, I need to time. I'm going to get it from him. I, hey, y'all got to tune in for the book. You guys definitely okay, have to yeah, tune in tune for in. the book. Mm -mm. Hopefully she drops some audio books because I like to listen to books while I do hair and stuff like that. I know. So, yes. Yeah, please do. You have a decent voice. Don't be scared to do it yourself. That part. I appreciate that part. <laughs> but um, as I was listening, um, your foil kind of sounds similar to um, X Men, and actually our very first villain that we are talking about, Magneto. So I did a lot of homework. Here he comes with his red pen. Did you see how he looked at me? Homework. He said, "Okay." Yep. <laughs> I found out upon digging and this actually made everything kind of full circle for me is because 
So Magneto and Professor X, right? They were modeled after Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Magneto was supposed to be Malcolm X and Martin Luther King would be Professor um Professor X, right? So um so they were just like switching the tables, making them white first, and then just showing how two people with the same vision and different plans how that would end up, you know? And that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Two people with the same visions, but different mm -hmm. plans to get there. And you could just literally see the chain of reaction that was caused by both of them upon getting there. It's ironic because when um, X-Men was made, it was around the time of the civil rights movement. And that wasn't just, you know, the uh, the black movement, that was the LGBT movement, that was political movement, that was like better wages, just the right to vote and such and such. And, you know, around the time X-Men was getting made, that was the same time that Martin Luther King and Malcolm X just was getting, you know, up in notoriety. Uh, you can say later on that probably was, like that was the inspiration for their later iterations. Mm -hmm. At first it was just, brotherly coral or bromantic coral you want to call it <laughs> but yeah that's you know that's the rumor but getting into <laughs> magneto in our first and our very first um villain question if i do say so is <laughs> um is actually hold on our very first villain question what drove this person to do such evil acts as far as Magneto, let's start there. What drove him to do these evil acts? Well, a lot of people, you know, notice Magneto. Oh, actually, you can answer yeah, that if you want. Yeah, start. Yeah. No, I wasn't sure, I'm sorry. Um, from my <laughs> perspective, um, because as I was, I was talking to somebody in this conversation before, you're the villain in somebody's story. You're the hero in somebody else's. Um, for the mutants, he was, he could be a savior in a sense, and Xavier had this vision. And I, I thought the analogy was great um, because I didn't really, I didn't, I thought about it, but I didn't realize that, that was the intent. But when it came down to it, I read a comment that was very profound that Xavier was more like the dreamer, right? He really wanted to see quality, kind of like Martin Luther King. He had, I guess you could say, he liked. Um, he wanted to go about it in a non-violent way because he saw the vision. However, Magneto, as I was reading, saw the reality of it all better, but he responded to it worse. So he's at the extreme end of seeing the reality of the hardships that they went through um, to be different. But the, the problem was that um, he, he knew that people would not, what they fear, what people fear, they're not gonna accept. Right? They're, they're too afraid of it. So he realized the reality that humans fear, people who are not mutants, fear was too great and there was no way that they could live equally with them. Whereas Xavier, he was, he was more of a dreamer. He really saw it as a possibility, right? Um, and that's what, I, I guess in a sense, what makes Magneto the villain is because like Malcolm X, he's a villain in some people's story. I don't see him as a villain, but I think it's because the levels of extremity, extremity is seen as more harsher, cooler. And, and it could be because he was, he was ready to kill, you know. I'm going to just say is that people really demonize Malcolm X in the story. Yes. You know, people, the people that write the books. <laughs> they, they demonize Malcolm X the same way that they demonize another villain 
that we are going to talk about Nat Turner. I'm just going to reference him. But I feel like they did the same thing with him as far as propaganda that they tried to do for Nat Turner. That person was a hero to many, you know? And the fact that, that he didn't revolt the way that you guys wanted, what you wanted to win while we rescue and save ourselves. Like I'm supposed to think Mm -hmm. about your feelings as I dig myself out the grave that you put me in. You know, like Mm. that's that's the real problem here. That's the real problem. I I I really do feel like, and I and I think it's beautiful that they made him moralic, Magneto. Mm -hmm. They made it so that he, even though he did do crazy things and he did plan on, you know, killing humans and and establishing a hierarchy because maybe he just felt like Mm -hmm. it was their turn. Either you get stepped on Mm -hmm. or you do the stepping. That's how he saw it, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, really. Mm -hmm. And then it's just the fact that he tried multiple, multiple times. He got a family. He thought he was saving his own son. He thought he was saving his son. His wife saw that he can control metal and all this other stuff and ran away from him and called him a monster. And he used his powers to save his own family. He tried to start over multiple times, was was a slave to Hitler. You know, another person on our list <laughs> was a slave to Hitler, so they say, and, and tried to use his powers to save people, not just mutants. And all that backfired on him every time he tried to be a good person. So all that pushing down, falling down, falling down until one day you decide like, dang, I'm I'm strong enough to like literally kill all of you people. And I gave y'all the chance to be my equal. And all you wanted to do was push your thumb on me. You know, that's messed up. So I'm not mad at Magneto. He's he's definitely on the on the blurry line. <laughs> Reasons I put Magneto on the list is because Magneto was right. I'm gonna say there's there's gonna be times when the villain is just right. You just can't argue against okay, them. Okay, <laughs> what was right about what he did? Not about what he did, just his ideals, uh, his his whole philosophy. Um, humans and mutants can't coincide together. They can't, you know, be together in harmony. Why not? For whatever I have reason. My own view. <laughs> okay, so I always bring this up to people. Would you let your your son or daughter date Superman? I mean, that's Superman, though. He gonna be fighting all the time. He gonna be off planet and stuff like that. That's, okay, that's okay, so okay. Superman. Okay, here's another question. <laughs> Would you let your son or daughter date a conehead? Okay, a conehead. That'd be better. You would rather they date a conehead? You're no, weird. No, I'm saying, no, no, I, I didn't say that's better. I just said that's better. Would you let your kid date a conehead? A whole conehead in there? Or just like a deformed lizard person? Would you let them? Are you talking about me? Or yes, ma'am. That's, yes, ma'am. You. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a cone head? Okay, you're talking about somebody from a mute person? Yes. Or are you talking about... Hmm? The movie Conehead. Head. alien person with the cone head and webbed fingers from space. The, the movie Like A different species oh, of person. Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, this is a hypothetical about the mutant and human mis- mixing. Like, okay, it's one thing to date Superman. He's handsome. He has a he has a little curly curl. But it's another thing yeah. to bring home a cone head. <laughs> okay. I'll be realistic. Hypothetically speaking. Right. Um we all kind of evolve in a way in how we do things. At one point we're like, I'm not gonna do that. 
And the more people are into it, you know, the idea, the concept, the more they are like, you know, I'm okay with that. And I don't want to hurt that person. I can realistically, honestly, realistically say, but it's but it's a, it's a different species thing for me. It's a different species. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I, I think I'm thinking of the aesthetic viewpoint. I mean, as a person, if they're a normal person, okay. I, I won't even lie. I'm not even gonna sit there and pretend like I'm all the way because it's it's a very it's like a very, come on, babe. Like find a find a nice boy from school. Why you why you want to make conehead babies? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's easy if you're saying they're dating Superman, they're dating Magneto. So imagine but if they date Spike, conehead grandkid, <laughs> and then you try to send it to school, and everybody's being funny to it. They date Mystique. You know that's a whole different story. Like you better teach my not the same type of human as you. Like come on. That's what the humans were scared of. They weren't scared of Magneto per se until he showed his powers. They were scared of people who like Beast, Mystique, Nightcrawler, Spike, you know, those types of people. Those people who can't even stay human looking. And then the fact that they're powerful or they can't control their powers, you know, there was mutants that like literally their whole face was nothing but a mouth. So <laughs> You know, they were Can you do stuff? Yeah. <laughs> they they were afraid of those people. So like, you know, Magneto was trying to make a um a sanctuary for people like them and people who look like him. Yeah. Who had powers. So yeah, in a way he was just right. But he was still doing wrong things, you know. That's that's the whole point of why he was a villain. But people forget how the the lines on the on the map were drawn in the first place. Before you even knew about me, everybody looked the same and y'all were fighting over this same patch of land I'm standing on right now. So when I stand up and fight for it, I'm wrong? I mean, would you like kill everybody, including your own people? For did they? Were you there? Yes, I mean, they did. <laughs> like just for no reason? Like, like yeah. innocent bystander, like I need thousands of miles away from you? <laughs> Like, he almost destroyed the planet, like, three times. Magneto? Yeah, he, he, he like, one time I launched the moon at the Earth, <laughs> launched a whole Did island. The moon? No, he found out that when he evolved, that he had actually gravikinesis, so he could control the Earth's magnetic pole, gravitational oh. pole and all that. Yeah. That hits different. Bro. Yeah. So he can literally go out in space and just change where the stars are. I mean, if he could breathe in space, but like he, he like evolved into gravikinesis. So yeah. Like I want all of this to full circle back to the question. If Malcolm X was still here, would he be happy? <laughs> no, he'd be more upset. <laughs> yeah, that's for you. Do you think if Malcolm X was still here, he'd be happy? Magneto wasn't. I think, well, <laughs> here's, here's something I realized, uh, I'm probably going to switch from the same. You, you can be the hero, and I'm butchering the same, but it, there's a concept about living long enough to see yourself become the villain, right? Um, your idea, how you view things change. He could have seen everything, how it's going, and he, he more like might see the same, you know, see everything is the same, and his goal is achieved, but, well, he, I think he would be happy because eventually his goal has been attained, right? By now, the complex part after that, when you get to that point, there's still more steps. There's new steps, a new path that becomes created. So you will say, well, we got this step, and now, you know, things are, 
it, it, it can become more complicated, right? Yeah. You, you seek this simple goal, but then after that, it branches out different directions and it becomes more and more complex. So essentially, I think he would be happy that his goal has been achieved. A lot of the work that has he has strived for has been done. Um, so I don't think he would be unhappy in that aspect. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Do you think that if we could like go back in time and change something, that Magneto would have came out differently? Like maybe his wife didn't see him as an evil monster and she just like hugged him and he was he could have been all fine. Keep him from getting married. <laughs> Keep him from meeting Xavier. I mean that's that part right there. Keep him from meeting Xavier. Keep him from meeting Xavier. Oh, Okay, okay, okay. Let me ask you something because I was doing homework or whatever. <laughs> okay, so there was like um, there was like a theory. No, it wasn't really a theory. It was like a I guess an alternate universe situation where okay, a Magneto, right? He was very, very, very evil. He was doing a whole bunch of evil stuff, and then he met somebody. No, okay, so it was like Quicksilver and his son or whatever. They joined the Justice League. And then there was, he went to the shallows of the earth or whatever, and he found something, and then he made something, and then it gained consciousness, and then it decided that Magneto was the bad guy, and then it made him into a baby. <laughs> and then he started his whole life over as a good guy. <laughs> Please get to the conclusion of that, because I was lost. I was lost. I didn't read that. <laughs> I gotta read that. You know what I'm talking about? the point that you don't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I understand that there's an alternate um, reality where Magneto was just, he. I guess he won as the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, where Magneto was full bad guy. And this is not the, this is not the universe. This is before the universe where he becomes a teacher at the school. He's a teacher? Yeah, cause I guess Professor X, something had happened to Professor X and he had got hurt. And so he had to go out to space to get healed. Okay. It's about to make me read another comic. Yes, I got deep. <laughs> <laughs> so Professor X had went to space to get healed. But okay, so Magneto was a villain. He had got caught or whatever. They put him in the middle of the earth and trapped him within the poles or whatever. Or whatever. He could not get out. He had found something down there and had trained it and like used like the power down there to like manifest something with all the powers. Like it was super, super powerful. And he was using it as a weapon, I guess. Mm -hmm. So this very thing, he took up to the earth and he had used it to escape the inner earth, okay? So he gets out there and the Justice League, they're like trying to talk to it, all this other stuff. So something happened and then he gained consciousness and awareness of itself within like 48 hours. And then upon doing so, it was like, dang, like my master is a bad guy. And he joined the Justice League or whatever. <laughs> but before he joined the Justice League, he turned Professor X and his two twin kids, Quicksilver and whatever the heck the other one's name is, into babies. So they can start their lives over as good guys. Yeah, we gotta read that. <laughs> Bro, it was deep. <laughs> but, it was sorry, Shantung, what do you think will happen? Uh, do you think that he would be a good guy if we just went back in time and just fixed something for him? I mean, there's a butterfly effect. I mean, one little thing can trickle and create a whole different reality. Um, at your core, I mean, a lot of these past things that happened to you. Can At his core, I think he was a good guy all the way. At his core? I don't 
Kamar, I think he meant well. He really did. Uh, because he wanted to protect mutants from humans at any cost, right? So at his core, he wasn't bad. He could be considered anti-hero. Um, but I guess that really depends on your level of the severity of how much damage he's going to do against the opposite side. Speaking um, of damage, I, I would... Oh, I'm sorry. Me, I really... I, I like, struggle to find the stuff by Nito because I won't lie, I was a big X-Men fan, but I was kind of like Storm. Rogue, uh, yeah, they got some cute girl ones. He's like the main villain, though. Like, <laughs> that's why that's why I picked him. Like, he's the easiest in, in terms of how I see. He was like the easiest guy to pick. Like, he has really great ideas. He has really great philosophies. He has really great arguments. I and like that they packaged him in a nice old man. <laughs> <laughs> All of his evilness is packaged in a nice old man. He could just know? be senile. Yeah. <laughs> But that brings us to our next villain, the Joker. And we are going to talk about all three, and I hope you guys keep up. <laughs> First, um, let's talk about, um, is that uh, is that Keith Ledger Joker, the first one, and where he carved his face up, which one? I'm just thinking of comic book Joker in general. Comic book Joker. Car comic book, cartoon, the movies, either one. Like, as long as you understand who the Joker really is, you know, he's not just an anarchist. <laughs> he's not just the guy that laughs all the time. Okay, <laughs> let's start with the first Joker. Um, and I only acknowledge three. <laughs> the three movie Jokers. The one, uh, the why so serious, cut his face. Um, the really buff, sexy one. And the crazy one. And the... <laughs> So no Jack Nicholson? See, you didn't no, have the Jack Nicholson no, version. No, no. Dang. You can include it. I like the Jack Nicholson version. I don't know. Right. That's what I was saying. That was my favorite one. Gen like, Z out here. I, I like I like the other Joker, like from the movie just called Joker. Yeah. But he was like a mental Joker. Yeah. So like, you know, using him as like a version of the Joker that the Batman fights is kind of unfair. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I listed him off as the first Joker, the Why So Serious Joker. Um, the reason why he was always laughing was child abuse. He always referenced his mother and everything he went through with his mother as to why he was so crazy and why he thought it was so funny, you know? That he used to always be laughing to his mom and she hated it, but she loved it at the same time. And maybe his mother was mentally ill and just pushed that onto him. And the second Joker, um, um, I guess that would be Keith Ledger. Was his problem just a shitty boss? Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking about you're talking about the uh the Joker from the movie Joker? Mm -hmm. Um his issue if you haven't watched the movie, um it's been <laughs> it's been over a year now. He was already mental. <laughs> yeah. I sourced him for depression. <laughs> yes, he definitely had depression and nobody actually really cared about him. I'm so happy he didn't kill the black girl. <laughs> <laughs> we was this close. We was this close to not to not making I it. I was scared for her too, girl. We made it out of there by the graces of God. <laughs> I, I think in terms of um, uh, Wakan Phoenix's Joker, um, people don't understand that sometimes it doesn't take one bad day to make you bad. Sometimes you were just already sick in the head. Uh, sometimes you actually do need to just be put 
somewhere like in a box somewhere not you don't have to be behind bars you don't have to be in an asylum but somebody has to take care of you um we now have like so many people who are struggling with asperger's like autism or um do you think it's a bad thing that people have almost normalized mental illness to the point that people that are literally ill but functioning don't get the help that they need yeah i think that's really bad that you know you know that there actually is something wrong with certain people oh he's just crazy <laughs> give, him a, give him a box of six <laughs> i'm not saying everybody needs like so much special treatment um, you know, there are ways that now, like, we are trying our best to help that person just stay as independent as possible. But my mom has MS in the brain. Uh, if you don't know what MS or multiple sclerosis is, it's kind of like just say, your nerves are going away. There's nothing you can do about it. And she has it in her brain. She doesn't have it in her, in her back. So her brain is deteriorating. She's eventually losing sight, hearing, senses. Sometimes she just has an episode and just goes off for no reason. And now my mom is, you know, bed bound. But, you know, when she was able to move, like, you know, she was just going here and there. Like me and her were just butt heads so many times. And, you know, I had to understand as a child that my mom was mental, like disabled. And, you know, you can't really do that as a child to a parent. And as a child, period, for real, understand that there's a problem with somebody that you have to respect. Yeah. That's deep, you guys. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I, I gave, I put you on to a soft story. No, that's, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's just like a, that's really deep, especially thinking about that Joker in particular. And to the sexy Joker that I was talking about. <laughs> Jerry Leto. Um, so he was basically just dropped in a bat of acid. They kept it simple because they wanted to keep it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. His his storyline wasn't really like so he was just a bad boy, period. You know, he just ran the streets. Then found Harley. And then she she did what he did. And never did the same. <laughs> But my thing is, is if some man fell into a vat of acid at your facility, nobody gonna start putting lids on the vats of acid? <laughs> like, it should be thousands of jokers running around New York. It probably is a bunch of clowns running around New York because nobody... <laughs> you gotta watch more Batman movies. <laughs> is it? You gotta watch more Batman movies. a bunch of clowns You have to watch more Batman movies. <laughs> I do. I do. He's always asking. <laughs> I need sorry, to start. Sorry, what do you think, Shantong? <laughs> About Joker. Just the Joker in general. We are rapping on all in one, girl. <laughs> just just the Joker all in one. One more time, I'm sorry. Sorry, what do you think about the Joker? Just all in one. Comics, as cartoon, far as movie. Origin stories. Gosh. Okay, so yeah, he's <laughs> so when I first was introduced to Joker, he was an interesting character who just laughed. I didn't realize he had mental health issue. Um, when I walked Joker, it made more sense, but it was bad at the same time because my daughter's autistic, and to see somebody who you know they have an issue and not get the help they need, um, especially in his case when he's trying and they just cut up the system, it, it's very traumatizing, right? But in this case, he didn't have anybody who had his back, he had like a mom who's crazy and abusing him. Um, do I, Joker to me is still a villain ultimate, but he did give into the wisdom past. Um, the system, in a sense, did let him down. Um, 
And it says they really did let him down. If you're going by Joker, let's talk, he's being played with Joker. There's so many variations of Joker. I can't keep up with all the different mm-hmm. stories. <laughs> um, with how he came, how he was. But that one was probably the most um, violent um, Joker that I'm familiar with. Um, I don't know if it's the truest to the comics, but... Um, he, I, I, I comments are usually more violent. <laughs> I can't really sympathize with him, but I sympathize with the fact he was somebody who had a mental health illness. And when you saw him get beat up and bullied and stuff like that, it, it was hard because at the end of the day, you're like, I, and low key, I was cheering him on as he was whipping him behind. But at the same time, I was like, he was, he was cute, he was ready, he was malicious. So I, I kind of said, he's still a villain to me. What makes him the villain is that is ultimately he he had issues, right? He still had issues, and he gave it to the win. So, um, yeah, I I don't I don't I, he's a complex kind of thing to me. Do you think that it's ever justified to seek vengeance or to get yours? Would I ever justify seeking vengeance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say um, no. Okay. I'm I'm I want you to be real here. I mean on that level, if it's a murder, I, I can't Okay, yeah. now, somebody, You can't justify murder immediately. My child, my child, <laughs> is child, if they touch my child, this up to like some type of assault, you know, that's like sexual or something like that, or they kill my child. All that's all. I'm, I'm, I'm just legit. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't think any parent realistically can really hold it in at that point. So in a sense, when the, when the trauma or whatever somebody is called that close, that deep when you're a parent and somebody hurts your child, like kills your child, murders your child, or assaults or does anything traumatic, like on a really serious damaging mental level, I can't really say anybody would fault that person for getting that. I mean, I can't even Oh, somebody's calling. We have a call. And if any of you guys ever want to call in and voice your opinion, we have a number down here for you to call. Okay. Call from mommy <laughs> to accept. Press one <laughs> to send a voicemail. Press two. <laughs> All right, you're on CT time. Hello. Do you have any opinions about the Joker? Yeah. What's your opinions on the Joker? The Joker was that he was not only mentally ill, he was a narcissist. You know, you could have said, Ray John, said your mommy was mentally ill. Mommy's not mentally ill. Mommy's disabled. It is my dad. The Joker had nothing to do with that. The Joker, he got crazy. He was bullied through, through society. And that's putting all the Jokers in one. My favorite Joker was Nicholas. I mean, you know, my man, uh, I forget his name, whatever. But he was just crazy. He's crazy. And if you watch the last showing of the Joker, the movie, that was, it was the saddest thing in the world how he changed sober. It was the saddest thing, but that wasn't the real Joker. And I can't watch what y'all saying at the same time. It's okay. When you can tune back in, like once you're um, done with the call. 
What As you can tune back in once you're done with the call. Oh, okay. And and when you talk about mental illness, that the brain, you know, of what the Joker had, his 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 formal thinking process was on target, but yet it was off target. He was a high genius, but no one knew how to control him. So the way he had to um, control himself was. He exploded. He went the bad way. He didn't know how any other way to go. Okay, I'm through. Okay, thank you for the call. Remind <laughs> you. Well, it is easy to tell people keep your head up, keep pushing, keep pushing. But that's even harder yeah. to do when you're the only advocate for you. You know. And I, I feel like that's what the last Joker was going through. He felt alone, you know? He felt like nobody saw him, that they would just walk past him on the street. They'll hear him crying. They'll see him. Like, he could be screaming, laughing, jumping up and down, and people will still just walk past. Like, you know, so when you feel like that, you can't really blame people for going over, above, and beyond to make sure that they are seen and heard. Because is that not what we all want? That part. I think we have to uh, go to like one more villain because like we're almost out of time. I want to talk about Nat Turner. You want to talk about Nat Turner? I want to talk about Nat Turner. I did did drop a little innuendo about Nat Turner. (laughs) And that is what the last of my homework was about. (laughs) No, just so um, ever since Birth of a Nation, I don't know how many people have actually seen that movie. I have not seen it. Um, I don't like slave movies, but <laughs> I've seen like a lot of slave movies. Uh, my favorite is actually Roots. Birth of a Nation, that's the one with um, Lupita. I don't remember who's on it, but it's about Nat Turner. What nobody tells you is that Nat Turner had a whole revolution lasting for, we'll say a week. And it wasn't, it wasn't actually an act of heroism, believe it or not. Um, it was actually because he had a vision he thought God. This is the blurry line with Nat Turner. Okay, <laughs> you need to drop an origin story right quick. Yeah, just, real I'm just letting you know, like, but just Nat, drop an origin story. Nat Turner actually it. thought that God told him to free his people. He don't thought, say actually thought, though. Don't say actually thought. Okay, sorry. Because we he, don't know what he saw. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is what this is what they asked okay, him. Real story. What happened? So let y'all get to know who Nat Turner is. <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit. So Nat Turner was a born slave or whatever and um what 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 state was he in he was in virginia a born slave in virginia um his mother actually came from africa so he's a direct descendant or whatever first generation slave or whatever so basically since he was like two three years old he was able to read and that back in the day slaves were allowed to read during that time but they weren't allowed to write so um his dad was a runaway slave he was a born slave he knew how to read he secretly knew how to write and he used to just walk around quoting the bible you don't pray he was a pastor when he had first started talking around age three they said that he was a prophet because he told them about stuff that happened on the plantation before he was born like he would like catch the pastor up like hey I know what you did. Like, they told me what you did, da 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 And he's like, you wasn't even born when that happened. Like, you was a prophet. So his, his story doesn't seem far-fetched, I'm okay, just saying. So, <laughs> so, along his life, he didn't probably had about five visions. 
that he can actually proclaim and tell to people. But since he was like a young kid, this is why I don't let people like tell my son he's too awesome because it's too much pressure to be awesome. Like, okay, so they came to him. <laughs> they came to him and was like, you're gonna be great. You're a prophet. You go do something with your life. So by the time when he got a certain age and nothing was happening with his life, he just made something happen basically. But go ahead, <laughs> you was saying. Oh no! I was saying, Nat Turner got a vision from God. God told him to free, to end the yoke of slavery. That's what he did. It only lasted for a week, and like he lost. Well, he killed about <laughs> 72 white people, but on the <laughs> other end of the stick, they ended up murdering about 200 black people. Just in vengeance, even more than that, for real, for real. Just look up Nat Turner, y'all. Yeah, look up Nat Turner. Shantong, you got anything you want to say? About 100 years ago. <laughs> I don't, you're saying the same thing. I, I, I'm alone with this. We need a part two. <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely do a part two. Like, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to take that long. But next time, we will definitely have more information, y'all. Thank you for me. tuning in to CT Time. My name <laughs> is Lisa Red. It was nice.